0: From the Ohana Green Witches. You're listening to the Herbal Journey podcast with the Ohana Green Witches. I'm your host Karen Gipple, along with my co-hosts and sisters Caroline and Christina, here to take you on an herbal journey. We are sharing relatable stories and knowledge from holistic healers who ditch the conventional lifestyle and purposely found health in the alternative. As for us, our herbal journey began with our own healing of our body, mind, and spirit which we found through herbalism and nature's wisdom. And that's where it all began. Join us as we travel the U.S. in our RV, visiting different organic farms and holistic businesses, bringing you insights into the most effective holistic therapy practices to reconnect us to nature and awaken our own healing magic, helping assist you in remembering your own beautiful, natural wisdom through the guidance and whispers of our plant allies. Where will your herbal journey begin? This podcast episode is sponsored by Sky Chen from Revealing Fate. He is a psychic reader, Chinese astrologist, and shamanic energy healer. His healings assist with shamanic energy medicine we call ethereal calibration, or EC. EC aligns the body, mind, and soul to work in harmony as a whole. These healings release what blocks you and revitalizes the relationship you have with your truth. The effects of EC are powerful. And continue beyond a single session. In his psychic reading, Sky may channel into all areas of your life for answers and guidance. He draws upon past lives, guides, ancestors, and our relationship with spirit in order to convey what needs to be communicated. To schedule your session or to support what he does, go to or search for him on Facebook or Instagram at Sky Chen Psychic. This month's episode is brought to you by Ohana Green Witches. Our mission is to help support a healthy lifestyle through high quality handcrafted tropical herb plant supplements and educational workshop experiences in sacred plant medicine providing ways to awaken us to our own self-healing reconnect us to nature and provide community enrichment handcrafted in hawaii with pure organically sourced ingredients to support local agriculture and sustainable farming practices Bringing nourishment to the whole self, mind, body, and spirit as one. Reconnect with nature and awaken your own self-healing. Today's guest is a friend we met from our travels in Louisiana, a military veteran and former U.S. Navy helicopter search and rescue swimmer and EMS rescue responder. After years of service, he found himself at a loss of what to do next with his career after being diagnosed 100% disabled and knowing that he could no longer do the same career he was trained to do and had done for several years. Gardening had been a part of his family life since he was a kid, and he didn't realize the impact it would have on his life and healing nor the impact it would have on his fellow veterans he helps with his nonprofit for veterans sustainable urban garden, Abby's Acres. Abby's Acres began out of a want for the same camaraderie and responsibility through service he had felt working with others to accomplish a mission. But this time, the mission was mental health and helping veterans like himself who suffer from PTSD, symptoms, and other mental health issues. We are honored to have Colton Capitelli from Abby's Acres Farm in Lafayette, Louisiana, with us today to discuss his story, his challenges of running a sustainable farm, and his mission against the fight for mental health awareness and PTSD for veterans of all services, discharge statuses, disability ratings, and age. So please welcome our friend, Colton Campitelli. Aloha, listeners. Today we have Colton Campatelli with us from Abbey's Acres, and we are going to talk about his sustainable farm and how he helps veterans with PTSD. Aloha, Colton. Hello. Welcome Thank you. to our podcast. Welcome to my house. Yes, we are in his beautiful home here in Lafayette, Louisiana. And yeah, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and how you got in this?
1: Yeah, so my name is Colton Capitelli, the CEO and founder of Abbey's Acre. It's a regenerative veteran nonprofit uh, market garden slash farm. The idea being using sustainable practices, uh, regenerative practices, to be able to help vets in healing, but also be able to sustain themselves uh, physically uh, with food, good food, and uh, different kinds of food. Uh, So that's how that idea started. Basically, I, I spent about 15 years doing helicopter search and rescue, whether it was through my time in the U.S. Navy or whether it was in helicopter EMS with the oil field, which is how I ended up down here. I recently got a 100% disabled rating from the VA. So I have a broken back and a myriad of other problems, including PTSD, hyper-anxiety. And I realized that, you know, that job is probably something that i am limited in the amount of time I'll be able to do it. And, you know, that's the only thing I really got trained as an adult uh, was to do that job. The uh, military is pretty good about giving you purpose-driven things. Right. Uh, so... The last couple of years, while I was flying search and rescue and being on duty, there's a lot of downtime in between calls. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is I would read books, I'd watch YouTube videos uh, on sustainable agriculture, just started mostly in my backyard. And then moving on, I I hate the idea of just doing something for myself. So I like to be able to do it larger for more people. So started out as an idea. And then as I started getting more and more of these diagnoses and kind of coming to grips with the fact that I'm not gonna be able to do this job forever, that's sort of how it evolved into the the nonprofit.
0: Beautiful. Love it. Any way that we can help out those who have served. I love appreciate
2: it. that. Thank yeah, you thank for you. serving also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Thank you. It was my pleasure. It was fun.
0: <laughs> so you told us a little bit about what led you into this field. Mm-hmm. So from your experience, how has farming and gardening, do you like calling it farming or gardening? That's tough. So
1: the, the farm, I put that in quotations, uh, mm-hmm. it's only about a quarter, maybe a half acre um, that's there. I also have access to planter boxes. So I can make as much growing space as I need to. Uh, And then I have uh, about an eighth of an acre at the house that I cultivate as well. Same principles, same techniques. So I I have a hard time calling it a farm. I do integrate small amounts of livestock, uh, chickens. We're getting ready to integrate rabbits, mostly for manure and just being able to do soil uh, soil health stuff. So it it is a little bit more multifaceted than just your regular garden. But with the size, I feel like most farmers would kind of scoff at how big it is. So I, I definitely have a little bit of issue describing it as a farm, but I guess for marketing purposes, yeah, it's farm. But yeah, so it has been very stressful in a lot of ways. I think a lot of that stress I put on myself, but the overall has been very relaxing for me. It, it's teaching me patience because I did not have a lot of patience before this. And I was just dealing with that today. Uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of rain here and you guys came out the, the first rain we've had probably in like a month and a half. So going back and walking the rows and seeing everything kind of swell up and get a lot more Uh, excited to be alive uh, has been really good. So I, I definitely have a lot of ups and downs with it, which is good. You can't have the good stuff without the bad stuff. Right. Right. So that was a big part of what it's been teaching me. The other nice thing is I have a lot of guys that, you know, think gardening is you, know, you just put some shit in the ground and that's about it mm-hmm. then being able to watch the interaction between wildlife and how all of that because that's a big thing we try to do is rewild a lot of the things that you know louisiana is a pretty wild place anyway but you know it's still mostly sugarcane uh, mm-hmm. sugarcane and, and a couple other things but monocrop mono monocultures are, are, are the big part of it and there's wildlife diversity uh kind of just by default just with how uh, a lot of the other places are just how louisiana is and the climate so we got lucky with, you know, you know, you go to places like Maine or or even Nebraska and stuff. There's not a whole lot of wildlife diversity because it's just been nothing but monoculture farms for the last however long.
0: We know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh,
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, the big flat open panes <laughs> and just combine tractors and all that. Sure, it's romantic yeah. for some things, but, uh, you know, being able to show guys, hey, this is how nature interacts with gardening. It's not just going and getting plants and putting them in the ground. It's how I can have... The rest of the ecology in the area help me in farming, but also how I can help that ecology grow more. And it ends up being a much better process. It becomes a much bigger process. So when we do our road walks, we do start walking through the farm. There's a lot more things for us to look at. You know, we're looking for more ladybugs or green lacewing flies or all these things that we're trying to call in and get more together uh, mm-hmm. into the farm. Um, so that's been sort of the really good thing is watching more things benefit than just us watching, you know, smaller microorganisms benefit by not tilling the soil as much and being Mm -hmm. able to cover crops. So teaching guys, you know, sort of that aspect of it where they necessarily wouldn't be as interested in it. Um, So that's been a really cool thing to watch that grow and watch people's interest in it grow too. So that's been really fun.
0: I love that concept. That's really what we're all about is being able to reconnect with nature in that way where you're helping support it along with yourself. And I believe that's, Exactly the way that farming should be going.
1: Well, I'm also lazy too. (laughs) Yeah, the nature is going to do a lot better job because she's been doing for a lot longer than you've been there. So exactly. If I can figure out a way to put most of the burden on her instead of me having to deal with you know adding nutrients and being a chemist, fuck that, man. Yeah, yeah. So this is a way for me to you know again be a lazier farmer uh, in a way that you know helps everybody.
0: Yeah, I love it. Love it. So your company is specifically. I'm assuming for helping just with PTSD or or do you do different things?
1: Well, so PTSD is a pretty broad term. You know, there's combat PTSD. There's guys that I know that have, you know, a lot of trauma and stuff that's not even combat related. So PTSD is sort of a more broad term for a lot of the just sort of mental health issues that we address. 22 a day is the number of sense. guys that kill themselves. I say guys, people that kill themselves, especially veterans. That's been sort of our number. It hasn't really adjusted much despite all of the suicide hotlines and stuff like that. The way we're wired doesn't necessarily mean we're going to reach out for help. Right. So this is a way where we can sort of address those mental health issues without actually having to talk about them. We do. Uh, there's a lot of times where we'll sit around at the end of the day and you know, we're at a rum distillery. So there's obviously plenty of alcohol right. and yeah. know, there's some guys that struggle with substance abuse issues and, and those things, which we try and support them too. But you know, hey, if we're going to sit around after working in the fields all day and, and want to sit around and have a drink, that's when a lot of the stories and stuff will come up. But I mean, I've had guys show up that right. it was their bad day. Um, so just not necessarily planning it, but definitely thinking about it. And it's definitely the easiest way out. Right. So they'll just come Mm -hmm. to the farm and just being able to be around other guys where they can bring up, Hey, this is how I feel. Oh yeah. That was me two weeks ago. And it's not, we're not making light of it, but we're not making as big of a deal as necessarily going into a, a clinic. Now, if somebody comes in right. with pretty acute symptoms and hey, we actually have psychologists that we work with that are on call that I can make a phone call and they'll be available with an oh, instant, which has been a really nice thing for us to be able to have. Give
2: me chicken skin, that's awesome. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's,
1: a, it's a good thing. So again, we're not making light of the situation, but we're normalizing it mm-hmm. and normalizing the feelings that we all have. Hey, it's cool to talk about it. I'm not gonna send you fifty one fifty and for three right. days and you yeah. have to talk about your career. You can come here and, and there's levels, right? that's a spectrum. So there's days where you just have a bad day, and then there's days where you have a really bad day. Uh, we want to be a resource for both. But it's not just PTSD. It's the hyper-awareness. It's maybe having problems with their spouse or being able to communicate. And that's something that we deal with is, hey, you know, this is how we've done it. It's shared experience. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily this specific thing because i'm not a psychologist i just started therapy last year i think i've only been Mm -hmm. in it for about six months seven months and it's helped me tremendously Mm -hmm. but i should have been in it five six seven years ago so that is a nice thing to where i have a resource that you know i can go look this is where i was at this is where i'm at now this is the person that helped me it's not as scary as you think it is so right it is specifically for ptsd but a lot of that is reintegrating us back into the real world right right yeah Mm -hmm. we miss deployments easy you wake up You go to war you go to sleep you wake Mm -hmm. up you go to war you go to sleep and it's a very easy thing to have to worry about you don't have other things other than you know the real basic instinct stuff right Right. so when you get back there's a lot more complicated things there's human interactions that you have to be more careful about or less careful about there's a job you have to go to there's a family you have to deal with so it's being able to bring guys back and put them in the community and regenerative agriculture is a great way to do that because Now I have a way to then give good food to people and be a part of the community. A lot of what we do is we want to start getting to a point where we're teaching. Uh, So having open community hours where they can come in for a conference or a seminar. Or just talk, you know. Having somebody from the local community, whether it's a vet teaching about a company that he has, or if I have guys that you know, again, are, are having really big problems reintegrating. Well, then, hey, we can teach you something, or we call it "pick your stupid." Mm. Uh, so my my stupid soil. I have to get into soil and be able to do it. I have other guys that like to build things, so mm,
2: that's awesome. if they
1: can take their stupid and teach it to somebody well now you know they have control over the situation you know they're the one that's presenting people are watching them which is nerve-wracking but they're in control they can decide you know how that goes um and it's a way for them to interact with that community to go hey look i really like building trellises out of bamboo great so now i get to have him teach a cl- you know a class and maybe nobody shows up that's okay it's still something that he gets to prepare and, and be me. proud of. Right. And so it's that progression into being able to interact and talk and feeling that he's a lot more, I say he, they are a lot more accepted. Uh, and then there's, they're, they're teaching things other than well this is how i shot people or this is how i do these things it, it gives them more value in what they're doing and what they're able to offer instead of only thinking you're they're right. able to do one thing which is how i felt man i had so much of my personality tied up into being a rescue swimmer it was a big right. deal and mm-hmm. it was a really great community to be a part of but when you start realizing you can't do that job anymore all of a sudden you're like well, what the fuck am i doing right. um, and this is a way for it's you know it might be a little thing but who knows it might grow into something bigger
0: exactly yeah 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 yeah. it's a path to opportunities i Mm -hmm. love it
2: that's that's wonderful also when you're working with the plant when you're doing it yourself you guys get this chemical balance Mm -hmm. kind of between the plant and you and plus they get that joy of knowing that hey this is what i did it's i created that and that's like just it makes people feel really really good being able to start from a seed yeah. and
1: watching it grow into something that you're harvesting, it's yeah. that's a fun thing to know that you you know, whatever nurturing or however it is you interact with that plant, you're part of the reason that it's doing well. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice thing to think about too. And, and it's a a visual, visual gratification of exactly what you wanted it to be. So I want this plant to, to thrive and survive. Right. It, it is and I help. It. Right. That's a nice thing to know too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with what you know, that all your feelings that you're going through. Mm-hmm. You're putting love into
0: something and you're seeing it grow. Yep. Can and you're bring getting a those feelings. Up too. Yeah. Also, yeah. So you do specifically what kind of sustainable farming on your farm?
1: Uh, so sustainable is weird answer. so yeah so sustainable is a weird all the terms uh you know conventional active organic there's so much overlap especially in what i do region regenerative is the best way that i can describe it it's it's using on-farm ingredients or i say ingredients on-farm resources i.e worm castings we have a pretty sizable worm farm now that i'm, I'm trying to grow my worm stock to where i can start actually having windrows and being able to do more worm castings and add those into my rows using livestock to be able to uh add nutrients into the ground uh, one of the first things we built we moved to this location uh, i didn't have a place for my chickens I had a lot more than I could house here. Uh so we built a we call it a chicken tractor. Uh Joel Salatin, Swill Virginia, polyface farm. It's a big thing that he advocates for is uh he follows his cattle with chicken tractors. So the chickens come out, they scratch through the cattle manure, they eat all the maggots and everything out of the, the cattle manure, they they spread it. Um, then they also tear the ground up, they they do a lot of really good things. So mm-hmm. What I did is I built it out of bamboo because we were able to get free bamboo and I had a bunch of extra chicken wire. So we were able to build this tiny little A-frame chicken tractor basically to fit the size of our rows. Our rows are 30 inches wide with 18-inch dimensions on the side. Uh, so I was we were able to build it to sit on top and it had a little like boxes in it too. And every day, I'd move it to the different part uh, So we had clay iron peas growing over the winter, fall, winter, and let those die back. But I'd put the chickens on. they eat everything down. I'd move them to the next... Basically salad buffet. Yeah, Uh, they were still eating their regular feed as well, but I I fed them considerably less than because they were getting a lot of what they needed from (laughs) the the pasture itself. Mm -hmm. So that was a good way for me to be able to build that up. So regenerative ag is probably the best way to describe it. It's trying to find the most cost efficient slash free ways for us to be able to do things because you know a lot of vets. I, I live on my disability. There's a lot of guys that do the same thing. And you know they either can't work or they you know they just can't balance be their mental health issues with the work at the time. Well, this is a way for them to be able to either make a little bit of money on the side or where they, they get to negate their food costs. So I'm trying to find ways where, Hey, it's people's garbage, right? If I can find people's garbage and find a way to make it useful, that's what we're doing. So we nice. use bamboo that we're able to harvest from people's yards. They just want to get rid of bamboo, right? Mm-hmm. We use a bunch of, all of our lumber comes from the trailer place next door where they get all these big trailer deliveries and they stack them up real high. We'll have to use these two by eights to be able to do it. So we take all that and we cannibalize all those and make you know, beds out of them. We do, branding projects and stuff so i'm trying to use things that are free and reusable ibc totes that were food grade totes that are getting rid of we reuse those a lot
2: love it yeah
1: being able to find something that is garbage or something that's going to be thrown away and be able to make it a good resource one it's great because it recycles things it keeps things out of landfills which is awesome but two it's cheap and i don't worry about as much Uh, so that's been a nice thing for us to be able to for me to be able to make these connections with you know local businesses or other farms to where now i can start having being a resource for other guys or you know people that want to come in and build and plant a box of their house but they don't have i mean the price was nuts last year oh yeah so you couldn't just go to Lowe's and buy the treated lumber that you needed. Well, okay, well, I can help that. I can fix that. But right, right. You do instead. Mm-hmm. So being a resource for people that can come in, and even if it's just they come in one day and get a bunch of ideas and I never see them again, cool, I did my job. Right, fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I, I would consider it much more regenerative ag. Uh, we don't use herbicides, fungicides, even, you know, you can be an organic farm and still use those things. That's right. Mm-hmm. To be yep. approved by the USDA. right. Yeah. Which, at the end of the day, you just have to have enough money to get a USDA organic stand. Right, uh, exactly. I'm not worried yeah. about putting any kind of uh, label on it, because at the end of the day, it's more for marketing than it is for, you know, actual. Else. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I agree if
2: with that. If yeah. you're
1: going mm-hmm. and meeting your farmer, then you know exactly what he's doing, and it doesn't matter what label he has on his farm, if mm-hmm. you know who your farmer is, then that's you don't need anything else. Yeah. So that's sort of the other big thing we try to advocate is hey, know where your food's coming from. Right. So yeah. and that's that's a pretty you know loud drum that people have been beating for the last couple of years and it's getting oh yeah louder, which is good too.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I hope it continues to get louder. Actually. It's
1: getting there.
2: We've got that a lot at the chocolate factory. Well, is it organic? I'm like, well, if you've seen where some of these farms come from, they're so poor. Some of these chocolate worms they're not putting anything on. It. Yep. So, yeah. They can't afford it. Yeah.
1: Especially nowadays, yeah. man, it, a lot of the podcasts and stuff I listen to, they talk about just the reason a lot of these farmers are going to regen is because, you know, nitrogen went up 800% or whatever. Right. I mean, it like quadrupled and then some. Yeah. And so now it's not as cheap used to be. And now it's like, okay, yeah. well, now we have to figure something else right. out. they right. are not right. doing it for necessarily the right reasons, but it right. gets them into. In the right direction. That's the right right. But, exactly.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, there's plants that'll do that. or Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. What I have planted right now. Yeah. That's yeah. Not- so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, yeah, going back to the way that our ancestors, you know, did yeah, they, didn't have, did. they didn't have they energy. didn't have yeah, these yeah. things and yeah it's just so much better for the environment mm-hmm. and, well, and for that. us yeah. and everything great I okay. love it love what you're doing so what do you do with the harvest after you grow them? I'll let you know when I get one. Uh, <laughs> All right. What do you up to
1: get? So last year, it was in a, a parking lot, basically a couple blocks up from the house, which was great. Property owner was not my favorite person. Uh, first, he was fine. Uh, but then kind of when I put his feet to the fire to get an actual lease written up, he then... But this was after five months of me working there and spending oh, money and a lot of man hours. And then he was like, well, I don't want to necessarily rent to you. Basically, he wanted me to do a bunch of improvements to his property and have no guarantee to then be there right. in a year or two.
2: Uh, I've seen that happen and- in Hawaii too. Like they work it and yeah. then they're like, Oh, yep. Sorry.
1: And that's he kept having all these other ideas about Anyways, long story short, I, I had I had to do a lot of soil work and I did really well. And I was able to grow a good amount of carrots, a lot of root vegetables, I had a good amount of cucumbers, really great green beans. I did a bunch of Asiatic varieties, which was really fun. So I, I did okay but i wasn't producing enough <laughs> i did so he planted some cover crop was one of the only good things he did and it was like i had to get like 400 pound icon radishes <laughs> everywhere. and luckily i know a lot of people that work in kitchens i, I worked uh, hospitality industry or service industry for years when i was in college after i got in the navy and before i went back into search and rescue again so I, I knew how kitchens worked and i was very lucky to have some friends that worked at some of the kitchens here and then in new orleans some very very good kitchens uh, St. Germain being one of them, which is a really pretty oh, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. So my buddy Nick was a powerlifting friend of mine. I basically came like, in, hey, I have like 200 pounds of diet so I was like, <laughs> You know how I could get rid of these? He's just like, I'll figure it out so I drove him up to New Orleans and we caught a workout and I was able to give it to him and he dispersed into a bunch of different restaurants but nice. uh for free basically but you know I sold a dollar a pound or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh so that was the first thing I ever did with the harvest. But what I would do is i uh, I say partner with a, a food truck called Gravio Head. But <laughs> and, yeah I think we we're gonna be there. Nice. But the one of the big reasons I decided to do that with them is it's a an avenue for me to be able to do basically retail for the food that I grow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pickling is a big thing. We do a lot of slaws, a lot of fermentations yes. because they, they last a lot longer. longer,
0: and, uh, longer yeah.
1: fun, right. So we would do chicken wings or we do all these different things and I would add slaw to it. So that was sort of a way for me to be able to get more funding for the nonprofit. And, you know, it was a way for me to, to show people what I was making, which was great. It was really well received. We left that property in August and that's when we had up at Gator Cove okay. and I had to start all the way over with my soil. Just waiting on dirt. There's ways to speed it up, and I just wasn't interested in doing any of those things. It's been cover crop now, which has been adding a ton of nitrogen, which is great. But it's not the ideal soil bed. It's so I'm, I'm struggling a lot with my crops to take off. So Ooh. if they go well, ideally win. Uh, Pickling is a big one: pickle green beans, cucumbers, things like that. But being able to do lacto fermentations, things like that, and hot sauces, just things that I don't have to worry because I don't have any place to store. So I don't have yeah, refrigeration. Right, right, right.
2: These things mm-hmm.
1: to do so being able to either sell them fresh, which is difficult or being able to preserve them and sell them as preserves. So whatever I can't sell to the restaurants that are around it, I mean, they buy flowers from me. They're awesome. Oh, yeah. They're constantly trying to find reasons to, to purchase things from me. And unfortunately, now, I just don't have anything to give them.
0: Well, at least they you have those avenues. An- well, and it's been
1: nice to see that even the nicer restaurants are like, no, 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 we want to help support you. How do we do this more? And that's been a really cool tie to turn. Now, unfortunately, I'm a small farm that I can't provide you enough potatoes to last you for a couple of days. Right, right, right. But I can do specialty ingredients. And that's sort of where I've started to work my way around is you know i go through baker creek heirloom seeds which i don't know if you've ever seen the catalog for baker creek it's the most beautiful thing in the world Jason, the photography is amazing it just makes you want to grow everything in there but i have a whole bunch of varieties that are all heirloom varieties and so that's i, I went to them and johnny seeds johnny's is great they have a lot of equipment and stuff that they use as well uh so i try and stick with those two companies i use botanical interest every once in a while but having a good seed bank and also having a access to really incredible varieties that people haven't heard of around here i get made fun of jay the guy yeah. that owns the whole property uh-huh. old coon ass dude uh, <laughs> and he goes hey man, what would you grow and i start telling him. he's like all right what normal stuff do you have
2: <laughs> i don't
1: know what to do with any of this stuff i you know I, I have like six or seven different pepper varieties that i'm, I'm trying to cultivate and uh he's like well they like bell peppers i'm like yeah they're kind of like bell peppers it's fine <laughs> I have- which, it's in South Louisiana, but the, the higher-end restaurants are the ones that are looking at these ingredients. Oh,
0: yeah, I mean, this definitely. Is what this is what you want.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm growing certain things for St. Germain, actually. I'm, I'm going to grow them some Mexican leaf this year. Uh, I'm trying to do Lovage, but Lovage is a cool season crop, um, and it's very difficult to grow those in Louisiana. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it, whether it's you know, putting it in more shade or how I, I might even do uh, aquaponics here soon. So I might be doing it inside through an aquaponics system. Yeah, I aquaponics it's neat.
2: Yeah. dove into that. Yeah. I, I like it. It
1: seems yeah. so easy until you start doing all the plumbing. And you're like, yeah.
2: yeah. 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 So,
1: yeah, that's the big part of how I'm, I'm selling all of the crops. But the other thing is grants. You talked about grant writers. Okay. Grant writers. Anybody
2: out yeah, there? Any,
1: <laughs> any grant no, I have. I, and this is something I've been struggling with too. I have two different facets, right? So, I have the veteran, but I also have the agriculture side. The veteran side is great. I love being able to have me that option and offer it, but that takes a lot out of me to then have to then do the farms. Right. But I'm not good at either right now. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. I, it's been me having to learn both ends. You know, the veteran side is a little bit more on the business end of me trying to get grants and trying to, to right. develop a space that they could come use and curate events that I know can get guys to come to. Whereas the farming side, the farming side is great, but if I'm not good at that, then I don't have a nonprofit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I've been struggling with that dichotomy of yeah, having God. to choose between the two. The best thing I could get is a veteran who's been a sustainable regenerative agriculture farmer for the last 50 years. And he could come in and just help me do everything. That would be great.
0: <laughs> I would say my brother's on the same Avenue. He knows bees.
1: <laughs> so APA is a big, I'd like to do, um, uh, I know we had bees in the back, but i mm-hmm. I try to focus more on local pollinators. Honeybees yeah. are awesome. They're really great, but yeah. they truck them in from all over the place mm-hmm. and they outperform a lot of the local pollinators and it ends up destroying a lot of the habitat yeah. there. So one thing we're trying to do is more local slash, you know, endemic species that we can put in to be able to call more local pollinators in. And so yeah, the honeybees are great, but you know, I want more of everything. Right. Um, that biodiversity that that's what we're chasing all the time at a regent farm is how much different shit can I get in everything? Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're putting bat boxes up, which is another program we're looking at doing.
0: That's great. Bad boxes, burning. You could do, they have woodcutter bees, yeah? So Mm -hmm. you can make like little houses out of Mm -hmm. them.
1: So I actually have a house in the back uh, that I left uh, the attic open basically (laughs) to be able to run bamboo in. Nice. Um, Nice. So that's something that we're working towards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So being able to sell it. those too, uh, right. I, I'm working with a student veteran organization over at UL uh, mm-hmm. to be able to start encouraging a lot of those guys, you know, they're just going to college. So hopefully I can start getting guys to where it's like, hey man, sure you're an engineering degree now, but like, what about ecology? And mm-hmm. there's stuff about it. Yeah. So that's a big part of it too. But yeah. That's awesome. It's-
2: ah. And mother nature hasn't been too kind. Yeah.
1: It's been, it's been interesting.
2: West all around. It's
1: been so dry. We're getting ready to have a freeze in the middle Yeah.
2: It's a good thing that you're going into aquaponics. It's something to back you up, so like you can continuous diversify, diversify,
1: diversify, regenerative agriculture. But it also works in the business model too, yeah. right? The more things right. I can sell, the more revenue streams I can have.
0: Right, exactly. The, the more people you mm-hmm. help, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, how can listeners or vets? get a hold of you or get involved
1: people always ask me and I wish I had a better answer money is the best thing obviously donating is great uh, we have a website abysacre57 that's great because that allows me to get more resources the best thing is is reaching out if you have any information on how to do any of this shit and not oh. just sending me a YouTube article or whatever else okay. having actual industry experts or things like that coming to me and being like hey here you're struggling these are some of the things that I can help you with because I go on YouTube. I was just talking about this today with Tate fucking YouTube. And it was great before, but it's these, you know, okay, so-and-so here with Barefoot Acres Farm. Here are the five things that you can do. Uh, oh. God, I hate it. <laughs> I, I want science backing you know, up when I was first starting and, and all the regen stuff. Man, those, those videos were awesome. You know, hey, these are the 10 things wrong with raising sheep on your farm. Right. It's, it's great because you know, these guys are sharing a lot of their information, but a lot of it's just content for the sake of content. Yeah. I struggled so much with the Instagram and all these things trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I want people to perceive the not Profit. How do I want to present that information? Because I hate that campy drone overshot, lonely guitar in the background. It's so over tagged and overplayed. I yeah. hate it, but I also don't, you know, don't want to be give them the middle finger and listen to a bunch of metal, which is kind of what happens in my head a lot, but yeah. <laughs> that's also in the great market. So I, I have to find out like middle. Middle, yeah and That's what I struggle a lot with is, you know, asking for that help of it. being specific in the things that I need help with. Again, money is the easiest thing for me to do. Uh, Labor is great, but sometimes there's days where I show up to the farm and it's like, I don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. I have that task paralysis we were talking about earlier. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I have a big list on the wall uh, of shit that needs to get done. And eventually, and I, I work on the list every once in a while, but you know, having somebody that just comes in and needs something to do and is like, I can build trellising. He showed me how to do that. Great. just get to go to it. And the more guys that I have coming back often, you know, to where they start getting used to, okay, this is sort of what the mission is. And just the more interest I have in the region too, because I don't know everything. I would rather more people being on the team, looking into more, like, yeah, I figured out a rain collection system that might work. Fucking do it. Tell me what you need. Because I'm really good at, I'm not good at a lot of stuff. I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at networking. Mm-hmm. so let me go out and you say i need these items great i'll be right back whether i have to buy them or whether i can source them that's now a specific thing that i can ask people for hey right i need money for this project and this is how much it's going to cost Got that's it. great mm-hmm. I need more people like that. I need more people that are just like-minded to be able to come in and help because I can't do it all myself. Right.
0: Um, so, I understand.
1: Yeah. I, I've had more friends come out. My guy that did my website for me has been probably my oldest friend in Lafayette. He did it all pro bono for a while, you know, and he's just getting into web design. Uh, Jacob Gibson, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's with Dovetail Marketing and he's doing this sort of on his own time. They were nice enough to That's allow me to do that. Nice. I would not have had a website. I would have anything without any of that stuff. So that was huge. And I've had plenty of friends come out, you know, the the guys that, our friend group, the guys you met, uh, they've come out multiple times to come help me do nice. big farm dates and stuff like that. The student veteran organization was great. Uh, I had the UL ski team out because nice. Ryan, part of the student veteran organization, also is the faculty member for the ski team. So nice. I had a bunch of like nineteen year old nice. like world world class athletes out there shoveling right. their shit for me, which was great. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably the best thing that I can say is is money's great. Uh, it mean, yeah. helps me do a lot more things, and they can stop paying out of pocket for a lot of stuff. I mean, and then you and, could get schools. But the the problem with with kids and and I don't mind teaching that's the whole point of this but right. I can't do that all the time, all the time. I'm like, I'm, yeah because at that point I'm babysitting yeah right. I have to make sure they don't hurt themselves I have to make right. sure they stuff I need right. guys that are autonomous that could come in and just be like hey dude hey Or yeah. text me hey I'm gonna be at the farm from this time to this time right, right. yeah.
2: It could also be probably a little bit too stressful for uh, the people you're working with. Also mm-hmm. too, too. Yeah, a, lot, a little too, a little too much in uh, interaction and, and bring back some things. Too. And it's like, loud. It's so loud with yeah, kids, yeah. no matter mm-hmm. what.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's schools. Uh, it's a great idea. I would love to have somebody mm-hmm. who's more interested in working with kids mm-hmm. to be able to go out and do outreach. But yes, that's so not my bag. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah, yeah. Like somebody mm-hmm. that does come in and go, look, I love right. being with kids. I want to be a teacher. This is something that I'm interested in. Awesome. What can I do to help? Right. Um, I like the idea of guys coming in. I think people, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, people, right. people coming in and having a project that they want to do. I don't care if it has nothing to do with regenerative agriculture. Let's say it's you know reusing the scrap wood that we get from the lumber mill that we work with to be able to build planter boxes or being able to just take the lead on something and tell me what you need. I want to be able to coordinate. I can't think of everything. And that's being the the sole operator of something. You're just stuck. I mean, you talk to any small business owner, they have to do that. And I've been doing it for a year and I'm just getting tired.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah same boat
1: um, yeah so that's probably the best thing those kind of things and just having a general interest and in, you know i can help guide but i'm still learning myself so having somebody else who's thirsty for learning especially right. learning these things that's what i need is more people that are just they want it yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah that's a big one
0: does lsu have a agricultural like well they do community
1: yeah um, uh, lsu ag but mostly outside of baton rouge luckily um, enough uh for me uh paul bongarzone who is the lsu rep for I want to say it's for Acadiana Parish. I can't remember. But it's the one basically in Baton Rouge. But he's now a horticultural rep. He has been instrumental in a lot of things that I'm doing. And we've been cultivating this really great relationship. I I met him at the distillery. Nice. Nice. Apropos of nothing. uh, (laughs) I showed up and we met. And he was the 4-H coordinator at the time, which you know, I I needed some things. But there wasn't much I could get from a 4-H coordinator. And then he made a lot of transition to horticulture. And it's just all blown up after that so i'm excited to see where it goes uh again the things we're working on is distillage from the distillery being able to take that and use it as fertilizer and right. uh, like we were talking about he is at lsu actually just texted. doing that he's at lsu right now getting it getting it done. so that's that's like, a really like, big step for me yeah uh, so yeah yeah lsu ag does have a good yeah. community but unfortunately regenerative of agriculture is not a huge concern in louisiana okay. there are several people that are doing it bayou Sarah farms she's really great right. she's up in st martinville she does uh, water buffalo so is she has cool? water bottle. Okay. Uh, this is obviously a really great spot. Wow,
2: yeah. Uh
1: so she does it that way. Uh Coastal Prairie Farms is really great. They're I want to say in Eunice. They're really, really awesome. Coastal Plains is a meat company. They're uh combat vet owned. Uh Andrew Ward's oh, one of the guys in front of Uh they're awesome and they do all regenerative ag for their so it's all pasture-raised beef, pasture-raised finished or pasture-finished beef, uh, and it's fantastic. It's really good, and their prices are really competitive too. So like there it. is a movement. There are people that are doing it, but it, they're not as hungry for it as they would be in you know the Pacific Northwest right. or in Maine and all these places where it's it's becoming a lot more of a thing. Down here, it's still at uh, A Broke Don't Fix It. You know, gas is cheap down here. The, right. Yeah. The soil is fine with you know all the stuff that they're able to add to it. That's that's fine. But there, it's it right. hasn't been as big of an issue here as it is in other places. No, and I think it's finally starting to catch, especially Lafayette. Laffy great and. It's starting to grow, but I'd love to be able to put Abby acre in New Orleans in a you know in the middle of one of the wards or being in right. uptown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Putting more small plots like this where other guys can run it and use me right. as a reference or a resource to where I can help them get started and run it, and then don't have to be called Abby you and call whatever they want. But build yeah. a network to where these small farms, small can farms start popping can up, you. yep, and communities can start coming to these farms. Oh,
0: you know, I love that goal. Cool. No, I was just saying like. They might have, like, a LSU might have a forum or something you could put out for, like, a volunteer it's true. day or something. No, that's a good idea. So you explained a little bit um, how it helps you with your PTSD. Have you seen it help others as well? Uh, yeah,
1: I have. Uh, we've had several volunteers come through, and, and like I said, they'll come in on their bad, bad days, and they feel comfortable enough to come in and, and use the farm as a place to relax, sort of remove mm-hmm. themselves from whatever stressful situations they had. Um, I wish you could help more. Like I said, we're so small. And we're still growing. So I'd like to be able to have more people show up to do it. Unfortunately, I just haven't had the traffic come through and necessarily the want to be able to come through and and do these things, whether they're using the actual work itself for healing or whether they're just using the environment for them to come sit and reflect. And, you know, we have coffee mess in the back where uh, Doug LeBlanc, uh, he does father's coffee. He's Awesome. 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 (laughs) He's out in Crowley and he does uh his own craft roasting and it's the best coffee I think I've ever had. I've been to his roaster a bunch of times and we'll talk about the different ways that he roasts and but he uh he donates a lot to us to be able to have really good coffee there and we have a pour over and a bunch of other fancy shit. Just right. have regular drink coffee too that you can have. Uh but uh, we're awesome. we're doing once oh, the first Sunday of every month we have open coffee uh from seven to ten so any vet that wants to come in and sit and have coffee coffee's free. Um a lot of times uh we have a psychologist that's on site who is also with a vet. Um, that will come and sit. And it's not a lecture. There's no talk. Mm -hmm. He's just there. Yeah, yeah he's identified as a psychologist so if you really? are having a day or a week or a month or however you want to put it you can pull him aside and speak with him if you'd like if you are interested in getting treatment you can talk to him about treatment uh, but other than that he's just another vet they're having coffee so we've started doing that uh once a month we had to skip this last month but i'll start to go back up in april i'd love to have more people show up to that that would be really mm-hmm. good uh and then i partner with iron house which is another local powerlifting gym tara over there tara hart she is fantastic uh her husband daniel is a air force vet and it's been some time in the sheriff's office, uh, they've been nice enough to allow me to have a free drop-in day for vets at the end of the month. So the last Sunday of every month, uh, we have drop-ins for vets. People come in and work out for free. So yeah, fun. so I'll, I'm there the whole time, and I, I've competed for quite a long time in powerlifting, and it helped me a lot uh, before I found farming. And uh, so I offer advice. You know, I'm not I'm no coach by any means, but I can at least help you get on the right track and talk to the right people to be able to get there. So we're trying to do more things to allow vets to come in and help, not only just. I'm not religious. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. never been something that I really believed in to begin with. Uh, So I'd like to be able to offer alternatives that are healthy, that are still full of community and fellowship and all those things that people look for in religion. I'm trying to offer it in a more secular way that that doesn't, you know, imply a lot of guilt or any other
2: things
1: right, like right, that. Right, yeah. That's why I try and do things on Sundays is I, I want to bring in people that don't necessarily want to go to church and, mm-hmm. and Lafayette and Louisiana in general is very Catholic and very pushy <laughs> for as far as religion goes, which is fine, but for the guys that don't necessarily fit into that
2: category yeah, is, 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 right, this is a good
1: and, uh, and, you know, the the website part of the mission statement says, you know, vets of any discharge status. So that's something we try and bring home is even if it was a dishonorable discharge, I don't care what you did, you still shovel the same shit we did, right? Mm-hmm. right so you're still welcome. I don't want you to feel. There's a lot of veteran organizations where depending on discharge status, depends on how much you get. We're not like that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a take all comers. Anybody who wants to show up and has you know an interest in it and has a desire to work and help, great, you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if you served for four months and got kicked out or decided it wasn't for you, you still served.
2: So right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here to yeah. help you.
1: We're here to help you.
0: Beautiful. Love nice. it. I'm sure that's a big need also. Right. So what's your favorite plant to grow? basically I'll agree with that.
1: It's very easy to grow here. It does well with the heat. It does well with a little bit of drought when it happens, but it also can soak up as much rain as you possibly give it. Topping it, it's super easy to work with, and there's a ton of varieties that do a bunch of different things. So, basil's my favorite. Beans are another one that I really love. I started getting into more of the Asiatic varieties, the heat and humidity that we get here. You know, can't do runner beans or a lot of other stuff, but we're doing a Indian snake bean. Uh, it's like a three-foot long. It gets it's like two or three inches in diameter. It's almost like a gourd, but it does great. Drought, the ideal temperature range on those is like 95 to 105. I'm like, yeah, give me more of these. So. We do a couple more of those. Uh, it's basically whatever's going to be the easiest thing for me to grow. Again, I'm lazy. So if uh, I hate greens, <laughs> greens are a huge pain in the ass down here because bud pressure, no, uh, tame, all that stuff. So if I was a conventional farmer, it'd be a lot easier to just spray it. And you're fine, but because they can't do that, I'd lose most of my crop most of the time. So I'm just feeding chickens. So right, right. I try and pick things that are continually harvest because I like just being able to go out and harvest things every day. I don't like root vegetables as much because I have to bend over and I've broken back and a bunch of other things. And again, right. it's a lot yeah, yeah. labor intensive for me to go do those things right. as well as, you know, when you're harvesting a beet or a carrot or a radish, you, that's it. You harvest it. And yeah, yeah. It's no longer there anymore. Instead of getting to see that plant grow and produce and produce more and do better. Yeah. Uh, it's not as satisfying <laughs> for me, which I guess isn't the best thing for business because those things sell really well and they turn over very quickly. But I kind of like that long game, and it's mm-hmm. literally just personal preference for me. Right. Uh, and peppers, peppers—the other thing—they grow yeah. really well down here. They do well in the heat. I have a ton of million different varieties I can grow if I wanted. Um, so those are good ones too.
2: Any juice company will take your beets and a carrot, yep. and everything. I
1: just don't oh. have enough space to be able to profit as well as I can from something that's going to produce for four months. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I'd have to really get in there, and, and I've been to do it. I'll get to that right. point where I, I could do. I did beets and carrots last year. It was a lot more rewarding than I thought. I just I need more space and right, more right. rows. And do the things that i want to do on top of those things too but i mean if i was better at timing that's the other thing a consultant would be great because you know january i'm like can i put stuff in it's going to be freezing well there's stuff that's frost tolerant but i'm still gun shy to be able to do it so being able to develop a good rhythm probably change a lot of that but i
0: just need help with that yeah the harvest schedule is the hardest part (laughs) of it all yeah so what has been your biggest challenge running the farm a little bit bit about some of the challenges.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it depends whether it's the actual running the farm itself, like being the steward, or whether it's starting the business or keeping it running or getting funding or whatever else. Uh, I think the hardest thing that I've had is being able to develop that identity, that business identity of, okay, what, you know, the mission statement was easy. I, I wrote that in 45 seconds. Like, it was a really easy thing for me to get. But it's the whole package of, okay, what do I emphasize more? What's the, the biggest thing I had is that task paralysis of, I have all the pieces of all the pieces. I don't know where mm. they go in. Yeah. That's so frustrating because, you know, I, I have all this energy to be able to move in a direction, but I'm so hesitant to do it because I don't know what, that direction should be. Right, right. So Dang that it. I think has been the biggest thing is prioritizing. What do I prioritize? Do I prioritize you know, doing more marketing and advertising? Well, if I do all that marketing and advertising, I get 30 people to show up and I don't have anything for them to do. Well, that's a problem. Okay. So right. then do I do nothing but right. the farm work? Well, now I'm doing things that I can't do but necessarily by myself and I need help with. So where's that happy medium? You know, right. Do in I, between. Yeah. Do I create mm-hmm. merchandise? Do I right. start trying to sell those things? Do I is fundraising the most important thing? Well, do I have a product good enough to be able to fundraise that people are actually gonna want? Hmm. So being able to choose a priority and go in that direction and be confident in there, I don't have that. Right. I that's you. been the biggest thing is confidence in the direction that it should. Go. Yeah. yeah. That's been definitely the hardest.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that. Like you can get there's so many projects that you can visualize, but then you're like, oh, what do I start with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's definitely I found that the most difficult running a business is trying to figure out where to prioritize first. Yep. And like it's like, okay, well, I can start here, but then if I don't have you know, if I don't like have it, that, yeah. then how yeah. Yep. So it's a very happy yeah. medium.
1: That's where I've been for the last three weeks is
2: my with my <laughs> Right.
0: Yeah. And then it's just like trying to put, yeah the foundations and the business plans in some kind of organized fashion that you,
2: you know mm-hmm.
1: work with well and then also trying to figure out okay how much of a businessman do I want to be or right. do I want to focus more on the regen stuff because you talked to a lot of regen farmers and the perfect example is somebody who's good at both and he can make both succeed but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the guys who are in regen are really good at the regen side but you know starting a CSA and doing all these things that the actual business side is where they start to get hung up. Right. It's nice for me because I was a music marketing guy. I was in bands for a long time when I was a kid. So like I promoted, booked and managed all the bands that I was in. So I understand the business end of it. I know how marketing works. It's being able to find that happy medium between being a cheesy, cheesy business guy and then mm-hmm. being, you know, true to the Regent act side, and it's right. not mutually exclusive, but it's finding that path for yourself. Yeah. And same thing, I'm sure for you, where being like, okay, well, how how much do I sell out? Because I have to sell right. out something. Yeah. yeah. Have, what do I follow? What do I do?
0: Yeah, similar, but I no, I I think actually for you, I think like uh, I don't know if you've heard your warfare program, but I think that would be very helpful. But I don't know, you could like put out for interns. I don't know. But what do I offer? Them? Uh,
2: yeah,
1: fair, but like I don't—I don't feel like I'm experienced enough I got to be able to give somebody who's going to give me their time, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing in the world. Right,
2: right. They're mm-hmm. going to give
1: me their time, and then I'm going to go. Your guess is as good as mine, dude. Let's just go try something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to do that. If it, right. I didn't ask somebody to come and officially help as part of an internship yeah. program or something, I want right. to give them a chance. Now, what I would be open to is working. So I work with a PhD candidate, a guy named Tyrell. He's mm-hmm. a soil scientist. He works over the Delta Soil Lab over at UL. And he's the one that's taking my soil uh, samples for me and doing all these things. And he's kind of been helping me a lot of those ways. I am curious about having guys like that. Yeah. Somebody who is studying, whether it's ecology or something, being able to come out and run experiments on the farm. That sounds right. awesome because mm-hmm. i am open to doing anything like literally anything that runs in those the same values i don't absolutely have i have no ego in that fight where it's like hey, right. you can come in in help me with something or i can help you with something let's do that right that is something i'm very curious about but having somebody come in and like teach me stuff <laughs> dude i have nothing to teach you i'm, I'm still learning myself yeah I, yeah so mm-hmm. that's something that i'm concerned with the one thing i guess i'm terrified of is you know is having an industry professional here like starting to poke holes and everything? You know, all of a sudden it's like, what are you actually trying to do? It's like, no, either. Get it out every day.
2: It's a day by day. Before, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's something that farming has yeah. had to teach me, you know, back to what we talked talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, being able to prioritize and find things that I actually want to do versus things that I should be doing. And yeah, you know, it's been a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a day-to-day, learn new things every day. Well,
1: and um, patience. That's and pa- I was
0: just gonna say, you have to be patient. Yeah. But we don't want to be because we're so passionate about it. You want it to, you know, yeah. well, not only that go way. in that
1: way. My background was, you know, the tones go off and then you got to be in the aircraft. And you have to be in the aircraft okay. off deck in 30 minutes. Yeah. It's on your way to, So like there'd be days where you're in a dead sleep down, you know, five, six stories. I was an aircraft carrier. So it was okay. six stories down on an aircraft carrier, dead asleep. And I was on duty. You were you're allowed to sleep on duty. It's it's from <laughs> alert 30. You know, I was asleep down in my birthing and you know, the tones drop for a man overboard. So the entire ship has to wake up and go to a mustering station. So 5,000 people have to work in conjunction to be able to go to the places they have to go, but we're the main, sh- we're the show. Right, make way for us, get out of the way because I have to be off deck in 30 minutes to go mm. to save. Myself. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you have to go from dead asleep to in an aircraft ready to go get in the water.
0: Wow. within this, I say. Uh, well,
1: hang on, man. Though that is not a thing you no. have to be ready to go, yeah. and so it's carried on with me for a lot of different things, and it does not work for farming, and yeah. so it's teaching yeah. me. I'm forced to do it because otherwise, I'd be mm-hmm. ripping stuff out of the ground every two weeks, and mm-hmm. that's just not how farming works. So oh, yeah. I, it's it's teaching me a lot of that patience, it's teaching me to slow down, mm-hmm. and you know, for a long time, I had this counter. It was like a timer in my head because you know I was relatively certain I was going to die by 24. You know, my friends were dying in a helicopter crashes, whether it was. you know, It's almost never the enemy's fault, it's maintenance or weather or bird strike or these weird things that would happen and all this, you know, a pilot has a stroke and puts you into the water. That was a very real possibility in my job. Uh, So at like 19, I think I had my first pretty close call with a major accident. And uh, I didn't really know what was going on because I had... 30 hours total in an aircraft. So like I didn't know, but all of a sudden I saw my crew chief who had a lot of hours start putting in his you know emergency breathing device, and like getting in a crash position. Right. So the timer kind of started of, Hey, you need to do everything you want to do soon. soon. Because if you don't, obviously once you're dead it doesn't matter. Cause you, know, you don't get to anything you're dead, but yeah. you know, in that time leading up to it, you know, I don't want that last five seconds of life being like, ah, fuck, I never, and then the let's go out. You know? Right. So there was always this like, timer going down, and now I don't have it as much, which has been nice, but being out of that job helps a lot. But right. yeah, I definitely have this like, got to do it. If you're going to do it, do it yeah, fast, you're yeah. going to fuck out yeah. and make it work. So now this has definitely forced me to like, okay, look, you're going to be in this property for five years. You know, that's what our, our lease is for five years. You got time. If it doesn't different. go well this year, it'll yeah. go better next year. So I have this, like, stress of wanting mm-hmm. it to succeed because you never know. Right, but I can't do that this and that's yeah. goes into a lot of the therapy stuff too of like hey it's forcing you to slow down and start like appreciating a lot of little stuff where you know yeah. today I went out having any rain made me very excited and then I went out and I saw this tiny little bean sprout for the Indian steak bean that it was probably about a week overdue of when it was supposed to germinate, but
0: it's there now. Right. Like, okay. it it. So yeah, that's that
1: small little tiny thing.
0: Like, Success.
1: Yeah, maybe this is tiny little stem that's still curled over, but I'm like, I know exactly what you are. This is yeah.
0: so, <laughs> you want to work with nature, you gotta Slow down to its face. Yeah. That is what it tells
1: us all the time. Even when I was backpacking, yeah. you know, I'd be in the Sierra Nevada, it's beautiful. I'm like, I got six more miles on this hike. It's just like, <laughs> head down. And once I got there, it was great. I could calm down. But like, you know, hey, the mission was to get there. I got, I got to fucking get there. Mm-hmm. All right. The mission to get back. I got to fucking get back. And so, <laughs> yeah. like, now it's, I'm like finally able to just
2: go sit somewhere and just be like, bye. The second thing, I am so glad my parents, my mom was always like, whenever we went camping or anything, no stop touch feel smell so i went hiking once with like a whole bunch of some of them were military most of them and they were like oh we're gonna try to get back and try to get and i'm like oh no i just climbed this thing that hardly nobody ever climbs and i can't even believe i did it i thought we were doing the easy one but yeah and i was like oh no you i mean i'm here to like look but yeah but i did it
1: yeah same thing when i was isolated in yeah. the van uh same thing it'd be like mm-hmm. i would drive 17 hours of the day just to get to where i was going to go and a lot of times it was a national park or a friend's house mm-hmm. or whatever so i was really excited to get to where i was going and a 17-hour drive was easy for me but like i missed out on 400 things i could have seen on the way really? and instead of getting there in two days i could have gotten there in five days and it really would have mattered so this is forcing me to like slow down and yes. maybe only take a four-hour okay. drive instead of a 10 or 12 okay. to right. be able to do that too yeah britain i just went to uh amsterdam we went to belgium amsterdam and germany it's the same okay. thing like just a train ride i was like i'm fine this is great i'll mm-hmm. sit on a train all day i don't mind before it was get there i just, get there, no, I just, yeah, I just yeah yeah get there, yeah just, but, uh, this is like cool i can sit i can sit and watch it's fine yeah. so it's teaching me to like slow down and I, just enjoy going for a walk in a city that i've never been in before but, whereas right. before i was like we're gonna go to this bar we're going go to this restaurant it's like nope I'll just walk by and look at a bunch of boutique shops that I'm not going to buy anything at, but, like, that's kind of cool. And Uh, they appreciate those things. Right. And one of the big things in Belgium was they let all their, like, green spaces, like, instead of it being here where it's mowed all the time. Right. Nope. It's not mowed. I was able to look, to find like 10 or 15 different species of plants in it.
2: Nice. It looks
1: like weeds. It looks like it's all overgrown, but if you know what you're looking for, and you can yeah. like, oh, this is really incredible for this to be in the middle of a city. And it's just, you know, right outside of a bar or whatever. It's just their median, but the right. median's gorgeous. I love so it. So that was a cool thing for me to do. Nice. I never, without doing any of this regen stuff, I never would have taken the time to be like, oh, these are really cool things. I have a plant identifier mm-hmm. app up there. Just like, oh, I'm just taking pictures like 100
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> learning, I love it. Love it. Slow pace. Yep. For sure volunteers volunteers yeah volunteers and money which i always feel
1: bad about you're not a
2: vet you know one or you know anybody that would be really really helpful because this is a really cool thing that he's doing here
1: even if you're not a vet I, yeah I, it's it's to help that yeah to help. But if yeah. you're interested in regenerative yeah. agriculture and it's something you actually want to learn fuck me, and show up like yeah. i'm not we're not yeah. that bad where it's like well nope we can get out yeah. you might not have access to some of the free stuff that we offer whether it's VA PA, PA help or things like that right but right. if you're interested in regenerative agriculture or just helping yeah
0: it's definitely
2: an easy way to do it
0: yeah, for sure. And I'll put all of your sites and links on show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining us today mm-hmm. and talking about your, your farm and your business plan and for your service. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yeah, so, thank you. And for helping all the others. I appreciate that. It, thank you guys for sure. Cause mental health awareness is definitely something Meeting, that we definitely. all need. Yeah. So, yeah. For a
1: while. And okay. I'm a hugger. So oh, me too. Which yeah. is terrifying like, sometimes, but yeah. when I used to be like, I was like 280 back when I was competing. So I was a big, so they'd be like, oh, get in here. And they're like, well, okay. I
0: mean, I'll give the best hug. Big goodness. bear hug. Good, good hug. Thanks. Love our podcast and content. Want to help support us in creating more content? Check out our Patreon root membership, which gives you access to our herbal Gaia circle and early access and shout outs to our podcasts. Find details on this monthly membership and other memberships at patreon.com slash herbaljourneycircle. Looking for community support in your herbal journey? Join us for our free events, Every New Moon and Full Moon, where we will have plant journeys, tea meditations. We will discuss different plants and also do some somatic movement practices in neurosomatic flow to help aid mental health and also to manifest your true abundance come to ask questions chat and be held in sacred space of support and healing find more information about this event and other events on our events page at www.thegreenwitch.com ALLC.com slash upcoming to RSVP and to learn more about each event. Mahalo for tuning in and staying to the end of another Herbal Journey episode. For more herbal and holistic tips and stories to support you on your herbal journey to living a healthy and sustainable lifestyle, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Green Witch LLC. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Herbal Journey podcast. Stay tuned for next month's episode as we visit with Andre Wilson from Inner Alchemy Rejuvenation, where we will be talking about his story of healing holistically by aligning breath with body and mind through breathing techniques as we discuss these practices, the science behind, and the benefits of the breath through practices like the Wim Hof Method.